Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Monday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners <laughs> there. Twitter is funny right this second. We're, we're just we're starting to record right as Tennessee has blown it. Uh, thank all you great listeners out there, especially our service minimum out there taking care of us. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. The trip through the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be sort of weird if Brupolo was in Nettleton, Robbie. That would be extremely w- weird if it was in Nettleton. Yeah. I don't have a Nettleton story. Nettleton's brought some, uh, some good players back through the days. I'm surprised you haven't been through there. I- I've been through there, but I just I don't know enough about Nettleton to speak on any kind of authority you know all right well wherever you are in our fine state or in this great country you can get strange brew coffee every morning all you got to do is go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it for shipping they'll ship it right to your door whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your counter there's a strange brew coffee to put in it college corner and collegecornerstore.com as we sit we are less than a week from father's day so if you haven't told the family what you want yet well i feel bad for you my friend i'm, I'm gonna feel bad when you open it up you're like oh Old Spice, thanks. I love smelling like you know a hospital patient. Thank you. You know what? You know what they won't have, what? Brian. What's that? Friend? Tennessee national championship t-shirts. <laughs> Did you see earlier? You know what? We'll, we'll, we'll save it till after the reads here. But okay. Regardless, if you're looking for new MSU merchandise, the place to go is College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can just always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco is Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Weather outside has just been great. It's not, it's not too hot. I don't know how we're pulling this off, but it's, it's just not, it, it's not as hot as I, I feel like it could be for the middle of June. So oh, Speak for yourself. Jeez. And I, look, I'm coming from this as a fat man. I was outside cooking out yesterday. Not that bad. Not that bad. So what I'm telling you is it's a great time to go sit on the patio, enjoy a margarita or one of the craft cocktails they have at Humble Taco, grab some chips and salsa, and grab some tacos like you can't get anywhere else. You can only get them at Starkville's best Mexican restaurant on University Drive, Humble Taco. Lunch idea for today, why not Firehouse Subs? Download the free Firehouse Subs app. Place your order. It's ready within minutes, and you pile up the reward points the next time you order might just be on the house. Follow Firehouse Subs on Twitter. They're always giving away great deals there, and you can be picking up some, uh, some even be- better deals than what you get online. Locations in Starville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Flow and Madison, that's Firehouse Subs. I think Virginia Tech is about to lose, too, if they haven't already. And they were selling hats today at their merchandise, and it said Omaha Bound. Like, 
They're, the look, new money in this the super regional, they don't know how to do these things, my friend. Here's the thing, Brian. You, you cannot test baseball. No. This sport is the most superstitious, the most humbling sport that I've ever seen. And if you test it, if you fight it, you're, you're gonna, they're going to get you. And we knew eventually somebody was going to get Tennessee. I had no doubt in my mind someone would get them. It would be, you know, in this super regional or maybe even the regional when they, they lost the game there too, I think. Well, maybe not. Um, and then in Omaha, somebody was going to get them because they've just been absolutely just testing the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Southern Miss dogpiling after a regional, that's a no-no. Uh, Virginia Tech making these hats. If you do any of that stuff, you're done. Until, until otherwise stated, you are done. And uh, that's what we're seeing right now. This is the, there's some people really testing the baseball gods, and it's not working in their favor. I got I to gotta look at the uh, Tennessee baseball Twitter account. I'm sure they've put out a graphic, right? Yes. Yes, they have. Is it like great season or left it all on the field? A lot of heart. <laughs> First, who, who does this person cheer for? I just need to know. Florida fan. Best team ever. Couldn't even make it to Omaha. Not a baseball school. Oh, my gosh. Florida fan said that? Fantastic. Yeah, but, I mean, Florida's got a national title. They can say what they want. Yeah, but they're not a baseball school either. I'm just saying. We got a, a person in a fur. We got the daddy coat, but it's got a leprechaun in it. <laughs> we got the Pope with the laser eyes. Oh, yes. An Arkansas fan, Dave Van Horn, enjoyed watching your team lose. Corbin handing out tears. This is, this is fantastic stuff. But you know what, Brian? I, here's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. There, you know, there's got to be villains and there's got to be Uh-oh. good guys. Man just followed me. Who? A Tennessee fan just followed me. Oh, God. Um, but, you know, th- there's so many good guys in baseball, and there's a few bad guys. And I mean, I don't know Tony Vitello personally, but it just seems like all this stuff kind of stems from him. But Link Jarrett mm-hmm. is one of the good guys in baseball. Mm-hmm. I want to see guys like that win national titles. Notre Dame's going to have to pay some money to keep him. Yeah, and they need to. They need to. They've got it. Notre Dame has money. They need to invest in that baseball program. They have one of the best coaches in the game. Mm-hmm. We saw it last year with the team that he had there. And, I mean, Florida State's going to be an issue uh, because I think, you know, he's going to be a candidate for that job. But, goodness, that guy is a great guy. You know, Chris Lamonis is a, is a well-respected guy, great guy, guy that, that people enjoyed seeing win the national championship last year. Mm-hmm. Butch Thompson. I want, I want Butch Thompson to get back to Omaha. I want Butch Thompson to win games. One went away. And that, I mean, th- these are the guys that you really love to see win these ball games. And you know, I would love to see Scott Barry get there. He has not been able to do that since he's been head coach. So uh, you know, I-, I really love to see. I mean, as much as we are enjoying this, just because Tennessee Tennessee fans have been absolute trash, have been in our mentions, have been just despicable people. The baseball team has been horrible to watch. Um, aside from the fact that they're really, really talented, they have been fun to watch too at times. But I'm, I more so enjoy the fact that Link Jarrett and guys like that win in advance. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, we got to completely switch gears to get into Mississippi State, obviously. Uh, but you were on campus this weekend for the Top Dog Camp. Great coverage over there by twenty four seven between you and Paul and Steve. I thought that was really fantastic stuff kept the information coming all weekend long. So thanks to you guys. Um, we talked on Friday's show and we said, you know, 
you'd like to see one commitment out of this weekend. Doesn't look like that's going to happen, but it does feel like Mississippi State put its best front foot forward with a lot of its top targets, including the guy that everybody has an eye on right now, quarterback Chris Parson. Were you able to see anything? I, I know he didn't test, he didn't do any of the drills, but were you able to speak to him or, or just get a vibe for how his visit went? No, because he showed up. He did the barbecue thing uh, where he just like took a visit and all that. And then he, I think he left uh, shortly after that. I mean, he didn't really stick around for the camp or anything like that. So, and Paul, I, I think he talked to the family and was trying to uh, talk to him. Mm-hmm. And they are not talking right now. They want to wait until after Elite 11. So I'm not sure exactly. Just in two weeks, just for the record. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know what he's thinking right now. I don't know what his uh, mindset is. But I just get the impression that he's looking around. Man. I mean, like Florida State's starting to add all these offers. They're, they're offering Brock Glenn. They're offering, you know, two or three other guys. I mean, they're obviously telling him he's not the guy without actually telling him probably. Um, so, I mean, it, it's obvious that they're looking and I think he's looking too. I mean, if he's take, if he's willing to take, come all the way up here and take a visit and state has some family connections here, which, uh, gives them about what a 1% chance of landing the kid. No chance based on, that. based on past events. <laughs> if you have a, if you have a family connection to Mississippi state and you're an out of state kid, you can pretty much mark that guy off the list. But, uh, no, but I, I, do, I do think the state's in the game with him. And I think it was really good just to get him on campus and to get him around the coaching staff and and let him see Mississippi State a little bit more. Because, I mean, I, I do think, I mean, all jokes aside, that, you know, his family being from here, is, I think his parents went to school here, maybe his dad, his grandparents live here. I, I do think that that, I mean, it it's, can't be a bad thing. So, you know, we'll see what happens with him. So tell me about the guys you did have a look at in camp uh, this weekend then. Of some guys that I saw that impressed? Yeah, that stood out to you, yeah. Uh, Yeah, you know, I tell you who looked the best physically. And, you know, I I didn't know, I guess, what to expect. But Ty Jones, who was, I think, the first commitment of this class, the the running back from Bay Springs, that dude is a – is built like a brick house, man. I mean, he is solid as a rock and uh, looked pretty good going through drills and all. I mean, this is a kid from Bay Springs that's never really dealt with recruiting or anything like that. He committed early. He's such a low-key kid. Like, I don't even know if he knows what's going on or cares, but he's just kind of handling his business here, and he looked really impressive. I, th- that's probably the most impressive-looking kid that I saw. And then I saw several uh, offensive linemen that look really good, that are going to be really good down the, down the line. Uh, Joseph Head from Holmes County, impressive-looking kid, uh, a guy that I think is a, is a real steal for Mississippi State and uh, could be another big defensive lineman for him. I saw uh, Seth Davis, uh, another running back for, for MSU, a lot of speed, of course, obviously from him, and I think he's going to be uh, a really good player for state. Um, a lot of Delta kids there, and one of them that got offered was uh, Kelly Jones, who and I wouldn't be surprised if he committed fairly soon. Six four cornerback. Yeah, 
I'm still not sold on him as a cornerback. I still think he's going to be a safety eventually. But I do know that uh, Darcel McBath is is kind of recruiting him, and they their plan is to play him at cornerback. But I mean, he's almost 200 pounds. He's six four, tall, rangy kid. Now he was holding his own out there, and that was impressive. But I just think that it's going to be tough to keep weight off of him, and he's got kind of that frame to to be uh you know a headhunting safety a little bit and a, a guy that can you know roam around back there uh but he was impressive the thing that was really impressive that i saw from him is he kept breaking the line to go out there and guard guys on one-on-ones guys were just kind of hanging in the back you know not not really willing to get up there he was just walking right back in front of them and getting to the front of the line to compete i mean that those are the guys that you that you want to get on the field those are the guys that you want to get on this in this recruiting class because you know they're going to go out there and compete. And the Delta kid, you know, the Delta's been good to Mississippi State over the years. I mean, that kid was pretty impressive. Mississippi State currently sitting on four commitments. Is it is it a fair guess to say that by the end of this month, that number should have at least doubled? I think that's quite possible. Uh, you know, like I said the other day, this is when Mississippi State kind of does their work. This is when they build their class over the year. And um, I think that's, that's going to happen again this year. I think they're going to build it with, with some guys. And, you know, a lot of times those guys, that they get committed in the summer, they don't end up being a part of the class as it goes on, as, you know, evaluations change and all that. But this is usually when State gets that momentum going. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I expect that to happen too. I think they're going to get three or four here in the next – maybe the next two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. At least, I think they're going to be able to stack a few here uh, shortly. So, who are those players then, in, in your mind? Uh, you know, I think that I think that Kelly Jones is is a possibility. Um, they offered the North Side linebacker, Lakendrick James, mm-hmm. who I thought was pretty good too. I think that that could be a guy that jumps pretty soon. Um, you know, maybe another. Uh, in-state guy that we're not talking about much. Not like uh, Zachary Tillman, maybe. Zachary Tillman could. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody like that, maybe a Zay Alexander or somebody if they if they push him. So um, I think it's going to be the in-state variety. It it looks like this class is really going to be focused in-state. Is that something you feel has been coming with with the way this staff is is finally you know sort of set its 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 roots here in Mississippi and now. I feel like they can they can get those in-state guys a little easier. You know, the last couple of years, it's been a lot of your in-state guys have been going out of state. Does it feel like this is a year where Mississippi State's going to get back to where, you know, for the most part, the top 20 is going to start full? It does seem like they're kind of building that way, at least this year. I don't know if that's going to be their game plan moving forward or, or what. I don't really know. I haven't really been able to nail down what this staff, you know, really thinks, but uh, you know, I, d- I do know that they they like to hit Texas pretty hard for skill position players, quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, stuff like that. And it seems like they're leaning on those defensive guys in state like past staffs have done. And that's, in my opinion, that's the way to go. I mean, Texas is a huge state. You can find great talent there, even the guys that are underlooked. And Mississippi produces some raw uh, guys with high ceilings defensive players. Uh, defensive ends and safeties and linebackers and guys like that. I think that's where they're kind of going to make their hay here moving forward. I think this class has a chance to be a heavy Mississippi class. 
And it's been one that hasn't been, you know, there's not a whole lot of guys in this class in the state that are, you know, you look at and are superstar players. I mean, we, we are seeing some like uh, Bray Hubbard who just picked up an Alabama offer. And there'll be some guys like that that kind of emerge. But it's going to be kind of a, you know, just a solid Mississippi class. But I do think you can kind of live here and get some really good players in the state this year. I tend to be a fan of that just because I feel like year in and year out, your your second tier like when they, when there's guys like Nicobe Dean and Jeff Simmons guys like that right that they, they get evaluated properly because they they go to the camps and and the national guys make a, an effort to come see them but the, that second tier of Mississippi guys those mid three stars year in year out that you tend to get a lot of decent and good college football players out of that group that just never get evaluated the right way if you if you go I mean it, it, it's it's kind of an interesting look into recruiting in this state in that. When you look back through the years, the top five guys, there's a lot of busts in there year in and year out. But then you go down to that next tier down and you find a lot of guys that were undervalued uh, through the years. Mississippi State has made a living off of those kind of guys. Now, it's two different staffs from Mullen to, uh, to, to Leach, but I do feel like Le- that there, there's some of the similarities in that those guys, you know, Mullen was never the guy who, you know, for different reasons, was never going to be the guy who, reeled in consistent high four-star, five-star guys. I don't think Leach is that guy either. Mullen was a guy who really believed in his developmental skills and his, his ability to find uh, underrated talent. I think Leach just prefers to get underrated guys. Now, he wants to get good quarterbacks and, and receivers, sure, but like you mentioned with defensive players, I think he's willing to take a lot of chances on, on the athletes here in this state and across the South, really. you know, He'll find some of these guys in Alabama and Louisiana and especially in you know Georgia, Texas, Florida, like you mentioned, I think there's there's something to be said for that. So I, I don't think you're ever going to see Leach and company go full into the transfer portal the way Kiffin has. I think that they will still and and some might say that's archaic, and might say that's thinking like a dinosaur, but I just don't think that year in year out, unless you just have a a lot of seniors that leave you, that you can just go out and find transfers. Ole Miss did that this year because they just had a lot of spots available. For, for new starters, Mississippi State didn't. I think Mississippi State is going to be a team that continues to build through the high school recruiting and uses the portal to, you know, sort of like a flex seal just to, to fill up the spots. Flex seal? Yeah. You know. Wow. You think you spray in the boat. The boat. Yeah, uh, I know. I, I know what you mean. I just wasn't expecting flex seal to be the, yeah. the analogy there. But, no, I think you're, you're correct. And, you know, we talked to um, – Tavez Calhoun the other night, he's back in town, yeah. graduate uh, assistant on the defensive side of the ball, and just kind of reliving those days when he was a recruit. I mean, that is a guy that got an offer literally at the last second. Mississippi State offered him, I think, when a scholarship opened up with C.J. Johnson. And, uh, you know, he was a late ad for the uh, Mississippi-Alabama game. He talked about how he was, like, number 88 or something defensive back. Like, they didn't even have a jersey. Right like that would fit a defensive back. And, um, you know, he was a guy that just kind of handled his business. There's, there's stories like that across the board for Mississippi State over the years. And th- those players you need. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it that stars matter. And the teams that sign the best players are usually the ones that compete for national championships. Mm-hmm. But you still need some of those blue-collar guys. And the, that, that program that Dan Mullen had – thrived off of those guys. I mean, JT Gray and Elton Jenkins 
coming in at the last second mm-hmm. and being, uh, you know, not only, you know, really solid players from Mississippi State, but multi-year starters and all pro players in the NFL. And they are making a living in the NFL right now. And, and they're some of the best at what they do. JT Gray is one of the best special teamers in the entire NFL. Elton Jenkins is most was one of the most versatile offensive linemen in the NFL. So those players can win you a lot of games. Um, I don't I don't know if it works loading up a class of those guys, but it certainly right. is, is good for a place like Mississippi State. I think yeah. to build a program around that and develop. And I don't I mean I don't know how big that's going to be moving forward with this transfer portal when it's you know getting guys to plug and play now and a lot of players don't want to sit there and develop anymore. A lot of guys want to be given an opportunity right away. So I don't know, you know, what that's going to look like in the future, but uh, there's certainly a lot of guys that you can turn over a rock in Mississippi and find somebody that can compete for you in a major way. Yeah. State's definitely going to still go after four-star guys and five-star guys. They they would love to get that elite talent, but I feel like year in, year out, Mississippi State is a program that has proven it can find underrated guys and develop them. So, you know, I think that's going to continue to be the, uh, the model. One last thing before we go, it, it, the state's top player was in Starkville this, uh, this past week. And Sunterine Perkins uh, from Raleigh, Mississippi, big athlete, showed up with the whole family, everybody wearing maroon and white. Yeah, but Brian, those are his school colors. I don't want to, I'm not, I don't want to get into that. I just don't, I just don't. But that said, do, do you feel like there's, there's a window there for Mississippi State to climb through? I mean, I do think that they're, they are making it somewhat interesting. I mean, they're not going to just lay down. And it's like we talked about the other day. I mean, there's been plenty of guys that you've said, there's no chance Mississippi State gets this kid. There's no chance Ole Miss gets this kid. Um, and, and it happens. I mean, Marquez Dortch just last year, neither one of us would have ever thought that Mississippi State yeah. would get that kid. So you just got to keep recruiting guys like that and see what happens. I mean – the worst that can happen is you don't get him and you didn't expect to get him anyway. So there it is. There it is. So it looks like a, a, an interesting recruiting weekend. Looks like there's some positive momentum. We'll see where that takes Mississippi State. We'll see where they are in a couple of weeks. And then, like we said, Elite 11, I think it's June 28th through the 30th. I think if at that moment with Parson, if he, it's going to be sort of an in or out kind of deal. I think he'll either make his decision to decommit and come to Mississippi State, or he'll decide to stick it out with Florida State. That's just my personal feeling. Obviously, it's I'm just going off my gut there, but it feels like that's what it's trending towards, and it feels like Mississippi State right this second has the momentum with him. We'll see if they can hold it for another two weeks uh, before the the Elite Eleven uh, kicks off. Let's go to the second half of the show. It's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef it is what's for dinner. Whenever you're looking to cook out, and I was cooking out this weekend, I'm sure a lot of you were too. Think about some beef. I'm going to do some beef soon. I saw some beef back ribs at the uh, at the grocery store the other day, and I haven't cooked those in quite a while. You ever had those, Robbie? Beef back ribs? Yeah, I think I have. It's it's basically the the bones that the ribeyes sit on. So you've got it's like ribeye meat on the bone. Easy to cook, mm-hmm. really really good. I can't recommend it enough. I think you don't have to grab- sell me. You, you really don't have to sell me on this stuff. There you go. So, I mean, the the ease of cooking is really. I mean, it's it's really a two hour two hour cover two hour uncovered two hour covered. They're done. I mean, I can't you can't make it any easier than that. So, whatever you're looking to do this weekend, whenever you want to cook out, man, 
always go to the butcher shop, always go to your grocery store, look around the meat counter or talk to your butchers and say, Hey, what's back there? What, what kind of, what can you do for me? There's always great cuts available when we're talking about beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats over in the heart of the Cotton District. I mean, it's been a week since I've been to Two Brothers, so I guess I need to get back there pretty soon. I mean, I'm start, starting it's to get It's been that long? Been since your birthday. Jeez. I know, right? We got to I, I can't have to get together, man. I know, I know, I know. We'll figure that out. Uh, and when I figure it out, I'm going to go to Two Brothers, and I'm going to have a great meal because that's what I do when you go to Two Brothers. It's what you do when you go to Two Brothers. You have a great meal. You have a great time. You have a good place to go. It's one of the best in Starkville. It's the best, one of the best in the SEC. Whenever you travel across the conference, I promise you, you won't find a whole lot of restaurants better than Two Brothers Smoked Meats over in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service. Every business likes to pledge that to you, but who delivers? Well, just look at the numbers. How many businesses do you know that have been around for 47 years? It's talking about local businesses, too. Not, not a big company with, you know, Locations all over. We're talking about a Mississippi business. We're talking about Advantage Business Systems. When you talk to Advantage Business Systems, you're talking to somebody here in this state that can solve your problem usually within 24 hours. They're not putting you on hold. They're not making you wait. They're not out contracting their uh, services to out-of-state consultants. It's all done here in the state of Mississippi. When you need business technology, you need to call Advantage Business Systems. The number is 601-362-9192. Or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. All right. So let's, uh, let's, let's continue to talk recruiting here, but now we get to play the song. So we can't we can't be sure, Robbie. We tried, we looked. We're just gonna go with his name being pronounced this way because we think it makes for a great nickname. But Nate Dom, who we're gonna call the Dominator, commits to Mississippi State from the transfer portal. Right hander from Ball State. Now, I texted you when this happened, and you had to sort of put those things in perspective. His stats aren't overly impressive, but you see a guy that has a high ceiling in, in this kid. Yeah. So I wouldn't go with like five of these type players. Right. Guys that have just, you know, lower level that haven't really proven anything yet. I, they need to go get some guys that are proven pitchers that have done it in the power five, that have done it, you know, even in group of five, they've done it very well. But this guy, I can, you know, I can definitely see what Chris Lamonis and Scott Foxhall see here. He was. You know, low to mid-90s coming out of high school with a fastball. It's up to 90. He's sitting about 96, 97. He's touched 99. So, he's got some gas. He can throw uh, the slider. So, he's a guy that you can bring in situationally. I feel like you can bring in out of the bullpen. And he's commanded it pretty well. He hasn't just been uh, – he, he wasn't just you know, overwhelmingly walking guys. So, and that's what they're looking for. They're looking for guys that are going to come in here and, and – and compete and pound the strike zone and get the job done. So I can definitely see what they can, what they see here. And he's just a freshman. I mean, when you go back to, you know, for everybody that says this guy's going to be a bust or this, this guy's not going to cut it based on his stats. You can go back to Ethan Small's first year and see a 13 earn on average, uh, his freshman year. You can go back to Chris Stratton's first year and see a earn on average over five, just like this guy. 
Um, that doesn't tell the story. The guys improve. Guys get better. Uh, so let's see what this guy can do. He's certainly got the stuff. He's got two pitches that are really, really good, and then he's got a changeup that he can throw as well. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with him. I think there's some potential there. He's not a guy that just blows you away that you've brought in out of the portal. Mm -hmm. But you need some of these guys, too. You need some guys that are that you can take a flyer on, that you take a chance on to see what's, what can happen. And, and, you know, like you said, you can't take a bunch of them. But you, you've got the room it's because you feel confident that you're going to land two or three more. You know, sure, things is, is, is a tough, tough description. But guys that have produced – that you can take a chance on a young guy with three more years of eligibility who throws 94, 95, 96, and, and can get up and, and bring be a, a big-time reliever for you if it works out. And you, you threw out some great names, uh, you know, when you threw out Ethan Small and, and uh, Chris Stratton is the name. that I, I, that's, that's a really good one because Chris Stratton, his first year at Mississippi State, was just a mess. By the time he you know, was done, he was the best pitcher in the SEC. So, you know, if this guy were a junior or a senior, Robbie, I, I would be disagreeing with you. I would, I would be saying – I think you – I don't think you would have the same opinion either. I think that you would be saying this is a, this is a reach. This is a, something they really can't afford to do. But when you've got a guy, you know, with two or three more years, it's obvious he hasn't, you know, he hasn't tapped into all of his potential yet. So this is a flyer you can afford to take um, if, you're, if you're Mississippi State. Right. Isn't Ball State the flyers? Did I just make a pun? No, that is um... – Dayton, right? Dayton is the Flyers. That's right. What Ball is State is like the. Uh, I got to know now. It's some kind of bird. They are the Cardinals. Cardinals. Okay. okay. Yeah. I just wanted to be sure about that. So same colors though. Dayton has red. Yeah. Colors so should should start seeing a little more pickup in the transfer portal here now as, as we've reached the College World Series. Only eight teams left playing. I know Tennessee picked up the shortstop from Kansas that everybody was was kind of after. You saw a couple of big-time players last week go into the portal, pitchers from UCLA, from Florida State. Those guys will all have a bunch of offers from, from around the country. Tennessee really needed some help, too. I'm glad they got well, I mean, that if they want to get to the next level, they want to start winning national titles, you got to get some guys in there that can play. They don't State's take get away on the most important day of the season. State, State's got to land some guys here in the next couple of weeks, I think. They need to go get some big-time guys, yeah. uh, guys that are going to come in and be studs. Is it sort of um, the same thing we're talking about with baseball, though, or with football, that yeah. you know, it's June 12th. By the time we get to June 30th, probably four or five more guys are in the boat, right? Yeah, and it's, it's got to be because you only have a month to That's assemble right, yeah, this, yeah. which is, is absolutely nuts that that rule exists. You have like no time between the draft and after the draft to to get guys. I mean, that's just to me just really insane. And we're not doing a a, a service to anybody right now, um, coaches, players, anybody like that. So, right. Well, I mean, they, they got to figure yeah, these rules out a little bit. Yeah. No, no question about it. So, lots of, lots of, to watch recruiting wise over the next uh, few weeks for Mississippi State, both in football in baseball and also in basketball big time visitor coming to mississippi state uh in the coming days you know you lose isaiah mosley you think okay well that's that well here comes dior johnson uh a former highly rated four-star player uh who is going to make a visit to mississippi state is he going to go to mississippi state is he going to commit i don't know but chris jans clearly sort of the same thing as leach right his plan b's thus far have looked pretty good 
he misses out on a guy and he seems to be able to find the next guy. So this is going to be a pretty packed recruiting month for Mississippi State on, on all fronts uh, from the looks of things. So it should be, able, you know, normally this is the type of year we're still deep into baseball, but it looks like we'll still have some stuff to talk about over the, uh, the coming weeks. And, um, it, you know, I don't want anybody to get their hopes up here on Dior mm-hmm. like we did with uh, Mosley. We don't need a 500-page thread on the message board, oh, everybody excited about Dior, if that's even how you say his name. and I'm pretty sure that's right, yeah. And then all of a sudden he goes to he, – he takes a visit to Mississippi State. All systems are go. Everybody thinks he's about to commit. It lingers for about two weeks. What's going on with the kid? And he, he ends up at South Alabama or something. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Tomorrow's... Anywhere but Starville. Right. All right. Tomorrow's show – uh, we have an SEC preview to do, uh, and that's uh, the Auburn Tigers, I believe, is what Robbie picked for us. So we'll talk about uh, what's going on at the Plains. As you know, that's a team I am perennially not high on, so we'll see how that goes. Also, a little later this week, I have read your comments, and I have, uh, I have, I've, I've heard what you had to say, and i got to say that I agree with you. So we're going to try that again. We're going to try something again, and that's going to be uh, – I'm going to try to get Richard Cross on or Michael Borky. And uh, we're going to talk about the Egg Bowl again. We're going to we're going to try to do it a little bit better than we did last time because I, I read what you had to say, and uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. What? What happened? That interview with with my friend Ben Garrett did not go the way I wanted it to. So we're gonna we're gonna do it again. Now, we don't have an opponent preview this week because it would have been the FCS team. East Tennessee State wasn't going to go there, so let's try again. Well, we we're gonna we're gonna take a second second chance. We'll see how that goes. All right. Plenty to talk about this week. Looking forward to it, doing it with you. Guys, have a great uh, Monday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.